Today's daf is daf tzadi. Be'ezer Shem Yisbarach. We are completing Maseches Gitin today. Last daf in the Masechta coming to you from Yerushalayim, Irak Uh We're going to be beginning at the Mishnah at the top of Tzadi Amud Aleph. Zog Deilig Mishnah. Be'ishamay, Omer Be'ishamay are of the opinion that lo yigarish adamus ishtoi that a person is not allowed to divorce his wife. Ela imkain ma matzaba dvar erva unless he has actually has indications that she has committed an act of adultery. But other than that, a person is not permitted to divorce. That would be considered to be arbitrary. The only reason to divorce is if he has indications that she committed adultery. We'll deal with that a little later. What those indications are, Shemar, because he. Touches the pasuk ki ba ervas davar because he has found in her a matter of adultery an adulterous matter erva it's referring to adultery. Even if he offended her by cooking overcooking a burning or oversalting his his food. That is enough reason to divorce her. Shenemar, as the pasuk says, ki ba erva's dover. Rashi says, based on the Gemara later on, so ki ba erva. He agrees that that refers to say he's found some indications that there's been adultery or dover or another matter, another matter in this pasuk because it's next to adultery. Obviously, it means something offensive, but it doesn't have to be adultery. It could be anything offensive, even if it is that she cooks, overcooks, or burns his food. Rabbi Akiva is the most lenient out of all of them. Rabbi Akiva says, Even if this person has found a woman that he considers to be more attractive than his first wife, he is permitted to divorce her. The Pazik says that if it will come to be that he no longer, she no longer finds favor in his eyes, so it means for whatever reason, any arbitrary reason, even if you want to marry someone prettier, that is already permitted to go and divorce her, and we will see what the other Beisel and Beisamai do with the Pasuk of the Haya Im Lo Sim Tzachein Be'enav. Okay, let's see the Gemara Tanya Lent in the Baraisa. Amru Lohe Beisichilel, the Beisamai, so Beisil said Beisamai, Bahaloi Kfar Nehmar Davar, does the Pasuk not say Davar, Davar meaning any any offensive matter? Yeah, but the pasuk is "Alok var nemar ervas." It does say "erva," which indicates adultery. So I'm relying basically im nemar ervas. If it said "ervas" on its own, below nemar davar, without having the word "davar" in the pasuk, then I would say like you, I see omer mishum dva erva teite only because of some uh, indication that she's committed adultery. You can divorce her, but mishum davar, but for some other offensive act, not lot teite. However, lekach nemar davar. That's why it does say the word "davar" in the pasuk that teaches you, right, that it could be any offensive act. Now, the Elu Nehmer Dover, and if it would have only had said Dover on its own, below Nehmer Ervas, because that's the obvious question, if you can marry for any reason that's offensive, so then why does it have to say in the Pasuk Erva Adolphus as well? This is like this. Because it's actually telling you a big chiddush. Hayisi Omer, I would say as follows. Mishum Dover because the continuation of the Pasuk is that if you've divorced her, Right, for whatever the reason is, and then she goes and marries a second person. Now, I would have said, you know, when can she? When do we allow her to marry someone else? Maybe if the only is because that somebody, the first husband, found that her to, something that she had did, done offensive, but not 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 adultery. So therefore, mishum davar Only when there's something offensive can she marry a second person. But I would have thought mishum erva if the first one divorced her because. 
she committed adultery, then we do not allow her. That's it. She's lost lost the marriage card. She would not be allowed to marry anyone else. Why would we want to allow her to marry someone else if she's already shown a propensity towards adultery? That's why the Kachnema Ervas, according to Beis Hillel, that's why you have both things in there. The Pasuk is that you divorced her because of either something adulterous or because something offensive. But the reason it says adulterous in the Pasuk is to tell her, and she went and married a second guy, is that we do still allow her to marry a second fellow, even if the reason she got divorced from the first one was because of some adulterous matter. Now, what did Beis Shammai say? Where it says, Hi, Dover, my Abdus Lane. Where it says, like this, we have to explain according to Beis Shammai, why does it say Dover? According to Beis Hillel, we just explained it's have to say Erevan, it has to say Dover. It were they both reasons to get divorced, two separate reasons. And it mentions the Erva, telling you that she's allowed to remarry under that circumstance as well. But according to Beis Shammai, it's only referring to an adulterous situation. So why does it have to mention the word Dover altogether? So, Hi, Dover, my Abdus Lane, what do they do with the word Dover? Just say Erva. So Nehemar Kandav, because we have Xerah Shava. It says over here in the Pasuk, by divorce, the word Davar. But Nehemar it says over there, the Pasuk is in, in, in Devarim, which talks about what's the amount that you need for witnesses. For either two or three witnesses, a matter can be established. So just as the Pasuk Davar over there in Devarim is referring to a matter of... Uh, uh, of, 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 of testimony of witnesses Afghan here too even though you allow a divorce her for some type of adulterous indication that, that she's committing adultery but it has to it can't be rumors it has to be something that is borne by witnesses it has, there has to be clarity like with witnesses Afghan b'shnei edim right so it's not mashma we're going to see later on that actually identify that she did uh, commit adultery because if you have witness that she actually did commit adultery then Rashi we're going to see later on you're not allowed to stay married to her. anyway we would force you to divorce her but it means that there, whatever they're testifying that indicates adultery can't just be a rumor it's a there's it's borne by testimony that she it appears that she committed adultery it would be seem to be shot in Beishamai based on later on Basilo, now what are they? Basil de la Chara, that Xerishava is in a standing, standing base. Xerishava, that Dover usually indicates that it has to be something with witnesses. So the how do they tie that into the pasta? According to them, you can even if you burnt your food, right? So you can get divorced. So it's not referring to only adultery. So then what's, why, what, how, what do they do with that Xerishava? And if there is that Xerishava, then how do they know that Dover refers to uh, other. Uh, offensive be- uh, acts as well. So Hillel, he says, Miksiv erva bedover. Does it possibly say, it doesn't say erva bedover, that the erva was established <coughs> with witnesses. If we had written erva bedover, then you're right. That it's only coming for adultery, and the word dover is only coming to define that it has to be by witnesses. Right? So it doesn't say that. It says ervas dover. Since it says ervas dover, that allows us to teich the word davar not specifically as a definition of the word erva but davar could be a standalone tell me an, an, another offensive act well beis shamai makes if o erva o davar now beis shamai say but on the other hand it doesn't say it's not mash but it is mash but that it goes together erva's davar it's mash but the two are going together because if it was separated the pasuk should have said o erva o davar it doesn't separate that way it's mash but the two are one unit he says, that's why it writes in Ervas Dover. The Mash Mahachi Umash Mahachi, meaning it's the Torah is giving you the right to darshan this 
in both ways. Meaning, if it only meant that it should be a definition of erva, then it would have said erva bedavar. If it meant that they were not connected at all, it would have said o erva o davar. The fact that erva's davar teaches me that you can look at it as a definition of erva, and you can look at it as standalone. So it's true, if there's indication that there's been adultery, it has to be with Adam. And number two is that, and on its own, any other offensive act is also a reason that you can divorce her. And that's why it wrote it in that particular way. Let's go right. So we had third opinion was Riyakiva. Riyakiva Omer, Afila Matzah Acheres, even if you found somebody that's more attractive, you can go ahead and divorce your wife based on that. It means arbitrarily divorce. Mike, come in for the, what are they arguing about? So what it says, they're arguing about a famous principle of Reish Lakish. It's a big Rashi here that goes through and shows every example of this. But we'll just learn what it's pertinent to us. It says as follows. Dam Reish Lakish, key, the word key that appears in the Torah, Rishamesh Bedal Lashaynis. It can be interpreted in four different ways. E, if, Dilma, perhaps, Ella, but, and Daha, because. So now, Using that knowledge that key can be interpreted in different ways. Now, Beshamai Savri, it says, The Puzzix begins saying, is You did not find favor in his, she did not find favor in his eyes. Now, what did Beshamai say? It says, The Puzzix says, Key is the interpretation of what was that she did not find in a favor in his eyes. So, therefore, the Daha. Uh, because it's the word key according to base Shama and Basil will also learn the same thing. What was the not the favor? The not favor was he didn't find favor in his eyes because he found Ba either Erva's Dover only something adulterous, according to Basil, something adulterous or something offensive, right? That is how base Shama and Basil will interpret it. It's the key is because it's an interpretation of the previous clause. Riyakiva Savar, he says, Ki Matzaba Ervas Davar, Ki is or, it's like Ki, if he find it's like a separate standalone. It's not coming to interpret the verse before. First before says that uh, he found something that in, in, his, in her eyes, in his eyes, that he didn't like. Or, if so, or like it's uh, uh, he found inami matzaba erastaver, or else he found a, a, a an adulterous matter. But it's not an interpretation of the the uh, the clause before, and that so therefore that becomes that key matzaba erastaver. Well, how do you define that key? Is the machlo? So according to Rikiv, it's if if it's like a separate standalone clause. If he finds erastaver, in addition, it could be an, 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 or that could be the reason or the reason before because he finds something that. Bothered him, bothered him, could be anything, anything arbitrary. Okay, let's go back. Amalei Rehova Lerova. He says, Loi Matzaba, Loi Erva, Veloi Dava. Let's say, going in the sheet of Beisilo, that you didn't have anything, there was a reason to divorce her. There was nothing offensive, there was no adulterous matter. You just divorced her anyway. Maho, what's the halacha? Meaning, since you've now violated a reason to divorce her, should we force you to remarry her? That's his kasha, the way explains. So Amalei, he says, no. There can't be that you're mechuyiv to. You did something wrong, but we don't force you to remarry her. Why? Because there is a case in the Torah of uh, the onus, the, uh, the the person who forces himself on a woman, and the punishment of a person, the rapist, of one is that if she chooses, the Torah will allow him to be forced to marry her. She can say, "I want him to marry me." 
Here we can talk about differently. Why would she want to marry this fellow? But we can talk about a different time. But the point is, she has a right. And it says over there, So when it's like, Since the Torah reveals by the rapist, He's not all of a send away all his days. What do we learn from there? That all his days, That we force him to remarry. That means if he did divorce her, he has to go back and remarry her. So you see, the only person we force to remarry is the rapist. But some person divorces, even for the wrong reason, he's done something wrong, but there's no forcible, uh, uh, there's no compliance that you have to go and remarry her. That's only done by the case of the Rachman. Over there it's revealed of Allah by the person who uh, divorced a woman for the wrong reason, but nevertheless, uh, what was done, it was done. A person who has, has resentment in his heart, and in his heart he wants to divorce his wife, but she doesn't let her know that. And she is sitting uh, with him and, 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 and serving him, acting like a wife, without knowing that that's the husband's feelings. Mahu, What is the uh, punishment for such a person? So Kari Alei, when it says that the way that Hashem views such a person is with the following Pasuk. The Pasuk says uh, in, uh, in, in, in Mishle, Do not have in your heart uh, contemplations to do something evil against your uh, friend. Have evil thoughts towards your friend. And he dwells uh, with trust with you. So it means the Pesach of Melch is telling you that it's, that it's, a severe, it's a severe prohibition. You cannot do that. That is the wrong thing to do. That's in my mind. No, you have to let them know. If you have that intent to divorce them, let them know. Do not take advantage of the fact that they are not aware of what you're thinking. Just as there's different levels of sensitivity when it comes to food, so too is a different sensibilities the husband has when it comes to behavior of women of his wife. There is a person that if into his cup or into his food will fall a fly, even if you find the fly and you throw the fly out, he will now not be able to eat that food or drink that drink. And Zeumidas Papas Ben Yehuda says that was the uh, sensitivities of Papas Ben Yehuda. Shahaya Noel He was uh, so repulsed that his wife should speak to any man, he would like keep her under lock and key. It means he, he basically there was a, forced her to remain in the house and not have any discussion or any uh, interaction with any man. Right, and that's it. And, and and actually, Rashi brings down that he was married to a woman who was considered her name was Miriam the hairdresser. It sounds like Ma- Miriam Migdala, right? And and the Rashi in Chagiga says actually is that because she was uh, pressured by him so much, she broke away, she rebelled, and she was Mazana. And Rashi brings down is that Yeshua Notsri came from that relationship. That kind of fits historically. But uh, nevertheless, the point is that's not a good meter, that's not a good quality that you put such restraint because you have such sensitivities. You know, it's like the person who won't touch the food once it came in contact with a fly. That's not considered to be a, 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 a good sensitivity. On the other hand, you have another person. When it falls into his cup of flies, he'll throw, if he finds the fly, he'll throw out the fly. 
and he will drink the rest of the, of the cup, he'll eat the rest of the food. And Zumid is called Adam, and that is sensitivity of most people when it comes to their wives. That they're allowed to speak to their brothers and Krovan, to relatives, right? And Riechel, it's fine, it means you don't want her speaking to strange men, but to relatives, there's no problem with her interacting, so there's not force under lock and key. That's, that's in the middle of the Bainanis. Right. There is a, a third category of a person, that when food falls into his plate of food, the, the simple translation of it's that he will suck the fly and eat it. That's what the Rishonim and the Marshon the back doesn't seem to learn that way. He means you'll eat, you'll suck the food, he has no problem eating the food, and even eating the fly, even if you, if you can't find food. Obviously, Rosh Taisu says, no one's going to eat the fly itself, but if you can't find it, doesn't matter. Even though you know by eating the whole plate, you've now eaten dissolved fly, but he has no problem. He has, that doesn't repulse him at all. And what does that compare to in terms of husband-wife relationship? So This is a person who sees his wife Leave the house, Rosha Parua, her head being uncovered, the Beshuk, and he and she's uh, she spins in the marketplace when they spin the way they would sit with their legs apart with the apparatus between their legs and they would become revealed and he lets that happen. and she has clothing that has slits on both sides by the elbows. Rashi says that means revealing her flesh. imbne adam, and he lets her bathe with men. So when it stops right away, what do you mean bathe with men? She can bathe with men. Rashi, the way Rashi learns it, bathing with men, <coughs> that's not something that you have a choice. That would be clearly a sign of an, of, 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 of an, an adulterous behavior, and we would force her to get divorced under that circumstance. So that can't be what it's referencing over here. That's what that's the way Rashi understands the question. Take a look, Tos learns it a little different. So Im Bnei Adam Sagadai means she actually is bathing with men. Meaning what Rashi explains is, is there used to be a place where men used to bathe. When they would finish bathing, the women would come and bathe. So therefore, but she walks in to go bathing. They finished bathing already, but she walks through where they're dressing or undressing, and she has no problem with it. That's a sensitivity. It shows a crude sensitivity. It's not as bad as bathing actually with them, but nevertheless, that is a sensitivity. And the man lets it happen. He doesn't stop her. That's right. So now, so therefore, Ella... And she bathes where the men are bathing, rushes in, and she walks through where they're changing. Now, in this case, there is a mitzvah. In these cases, these are indicative of behaviors that uh, show a certain laxity that could lead or could re- be reflecting adulterous behavior. So therefore, there's a mitzvah for such a, to divorce such a woman. Shilcha is imperative. You shall send her from your house. All right? All right. According to Rashi, we're not going to force you necessarily, but there is a mitzvah to divorce it. This is actually says, in this case, you would force you as well, these cases. <coughs> now, the passage continues. After she gets divorced from the first husband, for whatever the reasons here are, Braun, says that she goes and she marries another man. He's an acher. He's a different man. 
So because of Kara Acher, why is the Torah? The Torah refers to him as an Ish Acher. That he's not an equal of the first man. The first man could detest this behavior. And he, this woman, because she acted in such a way, he could not stay living with her. The second guy goes and marries her. So he's different than the first one, meaning it's not the same caliber or quality of man. That's why he calls him an Ish Acher. It's actually a, a, a ding on him. It's actually uh, d- 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 describing him as a lesser quality individual who's willing to marry this kind of a woman that's exhibited this type of behavior. That's why he calls him Ish Acher. Now, it's not equal to the first one. Now, let's keep going. Why? Because the first husband got rid of a wicked, wicked woman from his house. And he's willing to take in a wicked woman, wicked, wicked woman into his house. Now, if the second one merits... Right, because the pasuk says over there that if she divorces even the second one, that's a, therefore now if the second one merits to finally realizes I've done a mistake over here taking in such a woman and he divorces her, then he's merits, right? says the second person will come to despise her and he too will send her away. Now the pasuk says there, or it gives an example. Let's say he doesn't send her away, but that that marriage terminates. The second marriage terminates. If he dies, so if he merits, he'll be able to send her and stay alive. The im love, but if he does not divorce her, kovarta, she will actually bury him. Shenema, that's the second part of the pasuk. By im yamosa ishachon, the last man will die. The pasuk actually is talking about over there that the first guy divorces her. She marries a second guy. The second guy either divorces her or dies. She's not allowed to go back to the first guy. But the point it's making is, if the first guy merits to recognize his mistake, he'll divorce her. If he doesn't merit, she'll end up burying him. That's how, to, how the puzzle is being read here. Now, Vimlav Kovarta Shenema Oiki Yamosa Ishaachron uh, this guy who does not divorce, the second guy doesn't, that means that that's, it's, the appropriate thing is that he should die because of what he has done. Again, because the first guy did the right thing. He took an evil woman out of, he sent an evil woman away from his home, and this one embraces that type of woman. So if his merits, he'll divorce her. If not, he will die. Let's go on. Paul quotes a Pasuk in Malachi. The Pasuk says, Ki son, uh, for the despised sent away. So what's a Pasuk group referencing? So we seem to have a machlekes here. If you despise her, so therefore you despise your wife, therefore you can send her away. And Rashi says that uh, seems to go with the opinion of uh, Rabbi uh, you know, Rabbi Akiva, that for any reason that you want, you can send her away and there is no problem. Rabbi Yechonin says it's not actually talking about your feelings towards this woman, it's actually talking about Hashem's feelings towards you. <coughs> that if you arbitrarily send away your wife, Hashem will despise you. 
If you don't have a real good reason, then you are despised. The despise in the Pasuk is not as, as like Rabbi Yehuda said, that it's for the husband's feelings for the wife, but it's more Hashem's feeling for the husband for having sent her away for no reason. You can't explain both opinions here without making a machlokas. The first zivug, Rabbi Yochanan, who says that you are despised, he's talking about the first marriage. There's something special about that first marriage. She has given herself over to that husband. There is a special bond, and if you break that bond without a good reason, the husband is um, is despised by Hashem. And Rabbi Yehuda, that seems to say arbitrarily, you can, for whatever reason you want, you can divorce. That's referring to the second wife, Habazivakshani. It's usually a second marriage is more, more of convenience. There's not as much betrayal. And therefore, in such a case, okay, you don't, it's, you thought it's going to work out. It doesn't work out. You can divorce. And there's no, for any sensitivity you have towards this woman, it doesn't have to be a compelling reason. The more just shows how important that bond of that first wife is. To Amar Rabbi Lozer, that anyone who divorces a first wife, even the Mizbeach sheds tears over such a situation. You continue, you Klausel, you continue to do this. You cause the Mizbeach to be covered with tears with weeping and with, with, with groaning, with sighing. And that causes Hashem to no longer want to turn towards our offerings, the offerings that we bring. And to take goodwill offerings from our hands. Why? When you ask ourselves, why is Hashem refusing to have that relationship with us? Why doesn't He accept our offerings? The reason is because Hashem attests the way that you have been acting to the wife of your youth, your first wife. You have betrayed her even though she was your companion, the wife of your covenant, the first covenant, that first marriage considered bris, and you divorce her arbitrarily, that causes that hatred that Hashem has, causes the Mizbeach to give, to, 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 to weep. There's a famous word from the Belzer Rebbe. He says, why does the Mizbeach weep when there is a divorce? And he says uh, um, that because there is never a divorce that, uh, that does not have carbonus. That's why it involves the Mizbeach over here, because every divorce, unfortunately, where there's children involved, there are carbonus. We will begin with Masechus Kedushin tomorrow. Uh, and, you know, uh, the, it's, it's appropriate that... Uh, we are uh, we are saying this from Yerushalayim. We still to Nazikin, which was where we had all this discussion of the Churban of Bias. We told that it was in the, the the laws of damage, the damage that's caused the relationship between Klaus and Akharish Baruch the Churban of Bias, and Gitin. It's in the Sefer's Gitin, which causes that destruction. But the light at the end of the tunnel is Kedushin, that reestablishment of that relationship comes right after Gitin. Please God. We should see the establishment of the relationship in here of Yamino Amen.